Hello awesome people and welcome back to the Good To Go pod. Right now what we have is season one episode six, The Balancing Act, talking lifty heavy, oh goodness, lifting heavy things with my friend Megan Boyd. Uh, we sat down the other day and had this conversation. I hope you enjoy it. I really enjoyed having it. If you have any questions, quandaries or queries, please feel free to get in contact with us. Uh, There is, uh, in theory, there's an email link in the show notes. Otherwise, enjoy this conversation. Bye. So, hello awesome people. Welcome back to the Good To Go pod. Here we are. This is actually my February recording. I didn't get in a February recording because February is a short month and we have a week of holidays here in Stockholm called Sportlov, which is awesome, but it makes a very short month even shorter for me. So you're getting February in March. I have here in my studio with me my good friend Megan Boyd. Mm-hmm. Is it Boyd? Yeah. Is it? Yes. That's what it says in your Facebook anyway. Yes. <laughs> uh, and we're going to talk about all kinds of fun things, but first of all, Megan, who are you? What do you do? Uh, well, I guess you could say that I'm also a migrant to Sweden, sort of mm-hmm. like Joe is. I grew up in Canada, moved to Stockholm about 20 years ago, and I have a background in earth sciences and geography, and what I do when I'm gainfully employed is I am a paleoclimate researcher who works with cave materials. Paleoclimate researcher who works with cave materials. That sounds awesome! <laughs> That's like the second time I've heard that. And I still go, that sounds like so much fun. Well, it's it's niche, but it is really enjoyable. Basically what I do is I take um, things that have recorded past climate on Earth. So in my case, I work with rocks from caves, so like stalagmites that grow within the cave space. And I look at the chemical changes in those over time, and I recreate sequences of temperature, vegetation, and rainfall to see what the climate did over the last up to two million years. So the burning question on the tip of my tongue right now is, are we killing the world with climate change? Oh, according no, to cave that's data. not on the paper. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, according to cave data. We'll say, we'll say this. It's changed a lot over time, but it's mm. never changed as rapidly and it's never warmed as quickly in the type of conditions that we have mm. today. So mm. when it's been warmer in the past, the continents have been in different places and there's been oh, other okay. things that are... Mm making the earth warmer. The conditions that we have now are unprecedented and we should all be concerned. Mm, that was a good, well-prepared answer. I do this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But, you know, that's not the purpose of our conversation today. No. So we're not going to go into all the nerdy climate data thing. Maybe we'll do a climate change episode later. That would be interesting. Yeah, it would be cool. Ooh, yeah. Mm. We'll put that on the list of things to do. Um, but... One of the conversations that I'm looking forward to having, well, this conversation I'm looking forward to having with you is, and to, to give the listeners a bit of background for those who don't know you personally, you come here as a client, uh, as a training client. Yeah, that's and right. you really like to lift heavy things. I do. That's kind of like, it's one of those things where it's like, you, if you list what your hobbies are on your resume, strength training always goes on mine. Yeah. Because even if I'm not actively doing it on a regular basis, it's what makes me happy. Mm. So when there's space in my life, that's what I like to do. Why does it make you happy? There's a certain feeling of, like, I guess self-sufficient power that comes with being able to move heavy things. And there's something really fun about when you total up the total amount of kilograms that you've shifted at the end of a workout. You're like, that's at least an elephant. Well done, <gasps> me. Wow. Yeah. I've no... Wow. <laughs> Like, I've seen Nobody's it. ever said that. When you, so when you add it all up at the end of your workout, you go, yeah, I moved an elephant. 
That's so cool. I love it. Well, that's just yeah. how we look at data in different ways. Right? Mm. Like I've seen yeah. a lot of people use um, like weight loss. Like I've lost this much weight. And mm. it's like, well, no, but have you ever thought about how much you've cumulatively lifted over a month? Mm. Mm. And that can be a pretty impressive number, even if you're only, you know, doing volume workouts. Because mm. oh, I love it. It's fantastic. One of the, uh, how do I put this? One of my battles as a personal trainer is to get people gendering it, mostly women, uh, or people who identify as women, to understand and realize that strength training feels good. Yeah, absolutely. You're not going to argue with you know, No, no, I know. <laughs> but, and, you know, I, I know we're on the same page here, but what kind of conversations do you have? I know the conversations that I have with people when I talk about lifting strong. And, you know, I had this conversation with a client the other week and she turned around to me and she goes, but am I going to end up looking like a retired rugby player? And it's like, no, no, you're not. And I think that's that's one of those things that you're going up against, like, decades of misinformation mm. so it's a it's a that's a big hill to shift mm. um did have you ever personally had to shift that hill what i usually tell people is like if you could i would be there and i wish i was but i'm not mm. so like one of my things i've always wanted to put on more muscle mm. and have not been able to do so despite best efforts because mm. it takes a long time like if you look at someone who does and again, this is not like a necessarily a healthy industry. I don't recommend people do this unless they're like, you know, that's their personal goal. Mm. Um, someone who's maybe gone from competing in body fitness or bikini and is now in like a, a bodybuilding division. Mm. Those transformations take 10 years yeah. of like very specific, very dedicated, precise planning. Mm. And even if you want to do it, you might not be able to. Mm. So no, I don't think that people understand that it's like, you're not going to get big. Yeah. If you could, there'd be a lot more people walking around with big muscles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, you know, the thing I usually say to people when I have that conversation is the person, the image you've got in your head right now, that person is probably on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, if you want to do a quick transformation, it's, it. no, you can't do it yeah. without It's that. never going to happen. There's some very, very few people who are genetically predisposed to put on more muscle than your mm. average bear. It's so true. Um, so, so and true. lucky them is all I can say. Because <laughs> all right. the rest yeah, of us them. are like, oh, I can count this and change that and yeah. modify, and it just might not work. Actually, I'm one of those people, so you can hate me for the rest of you. <laughs> I just, I really wish that that was me too. Yeah. But I just, like, the circumstances are different. And mm. if I want to achieve those goals, there's sacrifices I would need to make that I'm not willing to do. And being a science-based person, how much of your understanding of your fitness journey comes back to science and numbers you know like does it does it give you comfort knowing that you can sit there and go my journey towards putting on muscle mass is not so easy because hormones genetics numbers or you know Ooh. what kind of personal work do you have like, ah, too many words running around my brain i know what sorry you mean. yeah so. you know i want to have these conversations because people out there have this stuff going around in their head too you know and it is about going hey you're not alone you're not you know. alone. But I mean, I think what, the same how for, do you do this? How do you reconcile it in your head? I think it's the same for any goals that you have and any set of circumstances that you're working to. Because it's like, it's always yes, if, no, but. There's like nuance and context to everything that we mm. do. And for me, it's like, well, if I wanted to be really buff and have really large muscles, I would have to be counting calories all the time. And that's not something that's good for me. 
mentally. We're so going to come we're... back to that. Can can we pull that apart you can later? Absolutely yep. pull that apart. Cool. Um, for some people, it works, and it and it's not a problem for them. And like, great, happy for you. Yeah. But we also have to acknowledge that, like, in the broader spectrum, and and like the breadth of people who are interested in fitness in some way, whether it's for lifestyle or um, specific goals, yeah. you're not always going to be able to take someone else's program and run it and get the same results. Mm. And you shouldn't feel bad if you don't. Because mm. we've talked about this. <laughs> the, the numbers that you see on Instagram, it's so much fun to be able to say that these days. The numbers, that, you know, the, the programs that you get... That, you know, that, that me through my education, you know, we, I, I go to workshops and stuff and they go, these are the statistics on doing this particular program, blah, 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 blah. But what they fail to do is bring it back to the, to the human because the statistics that we're in the majority of cases looking at are actually for male athletes between the age of 22 and 24 who are... Exemplary examples of the human state, you know, but nobody, nobody fits that box. You know, you've got a very small number of people. I'd be so happy if I did like have my metabolism functioning at that (laughs) at that level. I'd I'd be delighted, and I would have a second slice of pie. I know, right? (laughs) So, um, yeah, that would be nice. But we're not Mm. there, and there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that it's hard, Mm. and you might not be able to do it. But make peace with it and see where you can go instead, and you'll be much happier. Mm. That doesn't mean give up, mm. but be realistic. Mm. What does being realistic mean for you? Like, if you if you look at these Instagram transformations, you're, and I'm going to generalize here, and people can like write in and be angry that I've got this wrong. This I'll is my forward, personal. I'll forward all of this to Megan. Do by the way. yeah. I have a, <laughs> no, no, we'll deal with it. Everybody, be nice. You do you. <laughs> but if you look at like what a general like what would be a big seller program, which mm. I would assume would be weight loss to yeah. women. And okay. that's, you know, in the fitness industry, they always tell you, and they, well, that's a whole other subject for me. But anyway, um, you know, if you want to, if you want to make money in fitness, you've got to sell weight loss programs. And so and you correct me if I'm wrong, because this is your wheelhouse and not mine. I'm coming into this as someone who's kind of participated in, in the madness. Yeah. As, as it was. But that's why we're having this conversation because yeah. so I love looking, it. Because, you know, I'm out here looking in and you're in it going, ah. Anyway, I want so, the ah. So, so you're looking at, like, you know, you need to work out, you know, five days a week. Mm. And you want to be eating between twelve and 1,400 calories a day mm. if you're a woman of, like, normal size. Which is, like, anyone under six feet. And when I say size, in this case, I'm talking about height. Yeah. And if you could see my face now, I'm just, I'm totally cringing over this information. It's just like, yeah. And the thing is, like, no, okay, I'll say very few people will be happy long-term and be able to comply with eating a 1,200 to 1,400 calorie-per-day diet. What does that entail? Let's, let's pull apart the calories. <laughs> yeah, a lot of letters. <laughs> because, and, you know, again, to be clear, I'm, I don't, I very specifically don't delve into nutrition mm-hmm. um, for many reasons. The major reason would be I want you to have the second piece of cake if that's what makes you happy, but look at the reason why you're eating the cake in the exactly. first place. And that's what's missing um, from the discussion that goes into these Instagram transformations. Yeah. It's like, that was a great six, eight, twelve weeks. Yeah. Now what are you going to do? Now what are you going to do? Now what are you going to do? And so maybe <sighs> that comes back to your idea about how to balance things mm. because you can do something really fast and really well, but is it going to make you happy eight months from now? Mm. So... I'm going to poke you a bit. Huh? Getting back to the counting calories conversation, 
I'm leading somewhere with this, mm-hmm. which which is uh, the question of when did that happen? But I need to know your background when it comes to your relationship with your body and weight, sporting background, whether or not, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And then if there was some kind of moment for you where you've just gone, you know what, this is stupid. I'm mm. going to choose to think of it this way. Or have you always... Yeah, because I've always, pretty much always, like, it's, God, it's such an interesting thing. You know, like, I have this thought process, which is, it's stupid. Can we not, can we not buy into this program? Mm. Right? But it is always in the back of my head. Well, see, for me, there's two things. One is that if you do this, if you restrict calories and your energy output is higher than your energy intake, you will lose weight. Yeah. Scientifically, bottom that, line. that bottom is line. bottom line. If you want to drop your body fat mass, output must be greater than input. And the, the traditional way is like, well, you restrict calories and you do a lot of cardio. And yeah. for some people, that makes them happy. Yeah. For me, not so much. And, okay, so for me, not so much. So have you ever done that? Yes, of course. I think, I think most How long did you do that for? Probably six weeks. Well, actually, okay, longest... Stint of increasing cardio activity at the same time as dropping calories. Probably two years. Two years. Why did you do it? What was the the decision making process and leading up to going? I have to do this. Um. Well, I was just unhappy with mm-hmm. the way that my body was because I couldn't do what I wanted to do with it. Okay. So I wasn't able to move in the ways that I wanted to How move. How old were you? Oh boy! So you're asking number questions. I'm not good with those. Maybe Dude, 30, we're talking about counting something? calories. Counting calories something. is all about numbers. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> thirty something. Thirty something. Okay, so that's fairly recent. Yeah, then. so we'll say like twenty eleven mm. to twenty fourteen. Yeah. And went through iterations of like running a lot, mm. and then when I dropped some weight, I was more into the gym because then mm. I was able to do what I wanted to do, mm. which was do strength training yep. for five days a week. Yeah. And then on top of that, like a little bit of cardio, but not as much as one of these programs would necessarily suggest. Yep. How did that make you feel? Much better. Yeah. Because when I could do it the way that I wanted to, it wasn't punishment. It was enjoyable. <gasps> and this is the thing where it's like... If, if Why? You, where? Oh, no. Sorry. I'm just going to stop you. Where what? are you going there? <laughs> punishment. What, when you think about it, it's like a cumulative effect of your past misdeeds. If not necessarily like eating a second piece of pie was a bad idea, but the way that you're not respecting your body and the way it needs to be treated. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I get it. Obviously, I get it. You know, um, but the que- you know, the, the question that instantly comes to my brain there is, oh, you know, how do, how do we change that from your exercise being a punishment from for misdeeds, for, for previous mm-hmm. behaviour, to, okay, why can't we just look at exercise as exercise and previous behaviour as previous behaviour and deal with the previous behaviour in a different setting instead of using exercise as a punishment for it? I think there's a lot of reasons that it takes people, myself included, a number of years to get to that point. It's like eventually you're just exhausted and hungry and wanted to stop. Yeah. And you're like, this isn't working, and I've been trying and beating my head against the wall. You know, is it like a personal personality failing, or is something else not working? Like, why isn't this working for me? When clearly it's working for all these other people on Instagram who are selling me these excellent teas, which I never bought. <laughs> but 
But you know what I mean. It's like, what what other component is missing here? Yeah. Yep. Why don't I look like such and such? Because they're doing... I'm doing their program. So I was for a while doing the Dwayne Johnson volume program that mm-hmm. he used to prep for... What movie was that? I don't know. Anyway, but like some... And it was great. Yep. I did not look like Dwayne Johnson. Mm. But it was a great program. Mm. And I really enjoyed it. So mm. you just have to like reevaluate what it is that's actually possible in a, in a way that's kind to yourself. Mm. Because at the end of the day, you might have actually lifted an entire elephant. You pushed an elephant <laughs> around the room. It's awesome. I love it. I'm so, uh, we need to make a meme. I'm going to make a meme and put it up in the podcast art. Push, you know, pushing elephants around the room. <laughs> Take a photo of me pushing. Anyway, I'm going to stop on there. Counting calories. I'm getting back to that. Did you ever actually count calories? Mm-hmm. I was a frequent MyFitnessPal person. Did that do years. your head in? Yeah, eventually it did. I mean, this is the thing. It worked, mm. but I wasn't happy. Mm. So important. Can we can we just can we all just take a moment there? It worked, but I wasn't happy. Did you think going into counting calories that that would make you happy? No, not that actual part, but being able to my body the way that I wanted to. Yeah. And that was great. Yeah. And that's kind of still what I'm working towards is being able to use my body the way that I want to be able to use my body. Yeah. So let's open up that can of worms. You had a baby. I did. What did that do to your body? Okay, well, this is the interesting thing. The entire time I was pregnant, I felt fine. Yep. I was tired, but like, okay. Yep. I'm not hungry. Wow. Yeah. Which is interesting for someone who spent two years being hungry. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is what it's like for normal people. <laughs> oh, well, that explains why it's so easy. If you're not fighting that the whole time. Yeah. It's not a personal yeah. failing. I'm just like, my body is telling me to send it some extra potatoes. Yeah. So send it potatoes. Or yeah. whatever is on the menu. But yeah. yeah. And is that a cycle? Is that psychological or is it hormonal? I would think, in like, based on my own experience, and this is a sample size of one, so we're sciencing here, and this mm. isn't statistically significant. No, for but the it is lived population. experience. Lived experience, I would say it's hormonal. Yeah. And having gone through that, there's a lot of forgiveness. Yeah. About yeah, it not yeah. being like a personal weakness or personality failing. Yeah. It just is. And that's actually helped a lot more than anything else. Mm. Like, you know, that's just how it is. Mm. And so we're going to have to work with that however we work with it. So moving forward, you've had this experience whilst you were pregnant of not feeling hungry. Now that you're not pregnant, does that experience of feeling hungry, has that returned? Oh yeah, totally. For sure. And then what do you do with it? Well, I try to go to the gym more often and do things that I like. Mm-hmm. Because then I get to move an elephant. So yep. if nothing else, I'm really strong. Mm. And that's something that's a really happy place to sit in. Mm. Like, yes, I can move this couch all by myself. Yes. High five. We like that. <laughs> and I think it comes back to, like, if you want results like an Instagram transformation, there's certain sacrifices you will make. And it's mm. not necessarily going to be a long-term success. Mm. And if you get into it, you need to kind of be ready to accept that. And I don't think most people are. Mm. But, and again, from, from the inside looking inside, uh, it's crap. You know, they're lying. They're, telling, they're telling you, straight up telling you lies. 
And, you know, the things that they don't tell you is, is and, you know, having had to sell programs like this when I was a baby trainer and working for other people. <laughs> there's, there's a reason I don't work for other people. Um, <laughs> there's you a know, reason I like working with Joe. <laughs> you know, it, it, it is because that this, what they're doing is sales. They're not actually doing helping. Hmm. You know, there a lot of people are, are more concerned about taking your money than making you feel good about what, what you're doing and helping mm. and educating you on how to take what you're doing with your program and apply that to the rest of your life mm. as opposed to the next six weeks. Yeah, I think it's easy to focus on six weeks. Like, I just have to get through this. Yeah. And it's like, you can do a lot in six weeks. Yeah. But then you have to either maintain it or you continue. Can't maintain it. It's, and there's only... And I don't think it's fair to expect everybody to be able to do that. But it's and like, like they forget to say that at the end. It's like they forget to say, but you can't actually do this for more than six weeks because you'll kill yourself. Or oh, Sorry, that was a bit drastic. You won't necessarily, but... Or you, you won't feel good. Yeah. And I think there's, there's like the physical feeling good of being able to do more with your body. And then there's the mental reward of having achieved something you wanted to do. Mm. But then there's the backside of not necessarily maintaining that reward. Mm. Which is... You know, I think the sort of, oh, now words. Like one of the things that drives this diet culture and lack of balance that we have in regard to how we look at our bodies. Mm. How do we fix that? Oh, what, what I would really love to see is more talking about what you enjoy doing. Like what makes you feel good physically mm. and how do you feel after you do it? Mm. Um, so for me, like that's strength training, hands down. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that other things aren't good or yeah. I don't enjoy doing them. But it's more of a effort to make myself do the other things than it is to just go like I want to lift up this really heavy bar. Yeah, twenty five times. Yeah, that's gonna make my day. Yeah, how do we, how do we? And you know, obviously, again, preaching to the choir here. For for me, how do we? Have the conversation with people to encourage them to understand that being strong doesn't mean you're going to look like uh, somebody who's on steroids, but it does mean you get to do more with life. It's like, it's um, the difference between trudging to the subway and jumping over the last curve because you're in a good mood. Like, I can tell when I'm in a good place where it's like, I'm going to hop up this tiny yep. step. Yep. Or, oh, I just need to get there and get on the train. Yeah. And it's that difference that I feel when I'm more active. Yeah. Than when I'm not. And, you know, for me, it's carrying all the shopping bags as opposed to having to make two trips. <clears throat> That's why you wouldn't let me carry stuff when you went. <laughs> okay. But, you know, <laughs> incidental exercise, right? I don't always have time, believe it or not. I run a studio, but I don't always have time to get my workouts in. So I do as much incidental exercise as I possibly can, mm -hmm. which is, yeah, I'm going to carry that. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing is, like, I have the, the space right now to be able to go to the gym and do the things that I like. When I was on maternity leave, I did not have that. Mm. And the days that I could have, like, taken a couple of hours to go, I was just tired. Mm. So there's people who are like, yes, rise and grind and get up at four o'clock before your husband goes to work. Or, and that's just not going to happen. Mm. Like, I'm really happy that there's people who that works for. And mm. I think that they have other personality traits which enable that and make it easier for them. 
I'm not one of those people. Me neither. So. <laughs> Me neither. Like, I'm really happy if you can do it and, like, more power to you. But not everybody is going to have the resources to be mm. able to do stuff like that. And so mm. we have to find ways to be like, you don't have to go to, like, a really hardcore CrossFit strength training baby class. You can also do something that just gets you to move your body and makes you feel better. Mm. And that's okay. Mm. And it's not lesser than. Not lesser than at all. Oh, I'm going to poke that just a little bit. I'm going to throw in a sideways question. So you're, you you had a baby. What is the one message, who's now several years old, mm-hmm. what is the one message you want your child to grow up knowing about their body? Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to two-prong this one. Mm. One, it's yours and you decide. Mm. And whatever you want to do is fine. Mm. What, what kind of body you decide it is, who mm. that makes you as a person, mm. those are, that's all in your wheelhouse. Nobody gets to decide that for mm. you. If your favorite thing, and as it is right now, is hopping up and down on one foot, do that all day, but make sure you change feet now and then. Because mm. <laughs> you want with one big leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I want her to be able to go out and do stuff that she thinks is fun, mm. and not like, oh, well, it's Tuesday, so Tuesday is the day that we do these things. Yeah. And, you know, you may or may not have had these thought processes. I have boys, so... You can see my my face. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Um, And they... My boys are not going to come up the same... Up against the same battles Mm -hmm. as girls do or will uh, or a child who may be confused about their gender and if my kids go through that I can help them through that that kind of stuff Mm. but at this moment you know all three of them are quite happy to go yes I'm a boy Mm. that's what I do Uh, and we have good conversations about that but I'm getting off track I'm just justifying my statements (laughs) my gendered statements um where was I going I was yeah with the battles how I mean you may or may not have sat down and thought about this in your child rearing Mm. potential (laughs) How do you, you know, what sort of mind, not mind games, thought processes do you run through when it comes to teaching your daughter uh, body positivity? And, and, you know, it's not just about my body is my body. It's just like my body is amazing. Mm, yeah. You know, like, like, and for me with my kids, they're, my kids are fortunate in that they're very athletic and they're coordinated and, and, you know, we're an outdoorsy family. We're an athletic family. We do lots of, we do lots of things. Mm. So they get a lot of opportunity to be in their body. But because of who I am and what I do and because of who my wife is and what she does, we both have these moments where we go, wow, that's really cool that you can do that. Yeah. And we say that, you know, and, and I say that to them. I go, your body's amazing. And they go, yeah, I know. Look at it. I'm like, Yes. <laughs> You know, like, have you ever sat down and thought about how you're going to communicate with your kid, maybe kids, I don't know, I'm not going to poke that one, uh, <laughs> how you, as a parent, mm-hmm. how do you communicate body positivity? God, that was a really long way to come around to that question. No, Sorry. it's good because you gave me some perspective on it, yeah. so I appreciate that. Um, I think for, for me, like, I see in her that she's a lot like I was when I was younger, where you're more cautious. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do stuff that's going to cause, like, injury, so yeah. you're a little more careful. And I'm kind of grateful for that, because I'm a bit of a... I don't want to have to go to the hospital again. 
Pride. Pride. Um, So I think it's more encouraging her to do stuff she thinks is fun Mm -hmm. and really play a lot. And as somebody who's (laughs) grew up in a relatively... A culture that doesn't really appreciate adults playing mm. or being silly. Mm. That's a hard rock to shift. Okay, so what was that? That's yeah, yeah, yeah that's another question brewing. Okay. That's we're gonna come back to that adults playing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's something that like we don't give enough credit to is like play is a really good way yeah, to totally. feel good about yourself. Totally. Physically. So I think oh, it's man. it's about like opening that up so that it's like whatever you want to do, do it. Because mm. then you'll be working on all of those other skills. Like if you want to climb up that big rock, then go for it. Because mm. it's going to teach you a lot of things about how your body works. Mm. Cool. Let's yeah. go rock climbing in summer. I've got the gear. <laughs> you should see the look of Megan's face right now. This is terrifying. Like, I know. I go into and under the rocks, not for them. <laughs> it's all right. I got you. It's all good. I'm a health <laughs> So we're going to, yeah, adults play. No, I'm going to come back to that later maybe. Oh, we could do an adult play space. Parkour for seniors. Yes. I'm a fan. But we're, we're parkour for middle-aged people. Depending on where your life is, that could also be just getting across a bench. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> getting out of bed. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It reminds me of the time I put my back out, putting on leg warmers. Anyway. Oh, my God. Leg warmers. <laughs> Wait, what is it? The 80s cold. They want their leg warmers back. What I, the hell? Leg warmers keep my calves warm and oh, stop okay. them from getting crampy. Okay. Which means okay. that you don't have it to work as hard when I get a massage. I'm not judging. You are a little bit. I am, and I'm sorry. These are my judgy pants. <laughs> I like your judgy pants. <laughs> no judging. Leg warmers. All right. <laughs> Moving right along. So my next question that I've written down here is what is an ideal workout space and why? This is a really important question for me. I'm going to throw some context in here. Uh, as everybody knows, I have my training studio and I don't, I have a real personal aversion to gyms and I've been thinking about this a lot over the past couple of days because reasons. Um, and, you know, I love the gym. I love going to the gym. When I lived in Australia, I went to the gym every week with my, my best friend, you know, and we lifted weights and we worked out. But there's other things about the gym that I just, it just rubs me the wrong way. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, the way people behave and the way they treat each other and themselves when they're at the gym and possibly outside of the gym as well. But, you know, in the gym, it's, it, it, it's a closed environment. Uh, and it is that judgment of self and others. Uh, it is that what I consider to be an unhealthy competition um, of self and others. And there is a certain element in a lot of gyms that comes to testosterone-fueled bullying of self and others. And even estrogen fueled and bullying of self and others. Uh, and so, you know, I create this space here to be as judgment-free as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we're human. I still am guilty of being judgy, but I get judgy of people you who come in. You just judge me on my I know, orders. right? I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm wearing them next time. Come on, I'm human. <laughs> I'm human. Um, and, you know, I, I sit down and I, I get cranky when people walk in here 
who try and take over my space. You know, people who who probably would feel more comfortable at an elite CrossFit gym and are expecting that kind of interaction mm-hmm. and they come in here with that chest forward, I'm here to compete with everybody in the room kind of attitude and I go, hey man, <laughs> probably not going to get the workout you're expecting here because we're pretty relaxed in here and we're pretty chill. Well, I think the other... Okay, to unpack what you just said. Yeah, <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> I think this is something we've touched on when we've, like, sat and chatted before. Um, just not on the record. Um, on the record now. It is. It's going on the internet. And I think maybe in, let's say, the last ten years, and I think in no way, um, like, any negativity towards people who enjoy CrossFit and do it for the right reasons. You know what, I have to correct myself. I said CrossFit gym, I meant to say CrossFit box. Apologies to all the crossfitters out there. Well, this is where we encourage you to think outside the box. (laughs) I think crossfit became such a popular, easy in for people who were looking for to add physical activity to their lives in Mm. a way that was fun. And for a lot of people, especially in Western cultures, those are the ones I'm familiar with. So if I'm missing something here, you know, complain. Mm. Rightly so. And I will do my best to learn. Let's not complain. Let's just send an informative email. Yeah. Um, like it's, it's easy in a culture that gives a premium to winning mm. and competition mm. to get involved in something like that because you're part of a team, but you're still competing. Mm. So you get a lot of the social reinforcement of being part of a larger, uh, group or team, mm. but still pushing yourself, mm. which I think is great. Mm. But then there's also a lot of negatives that have come out mm. over time. And, like, you see this in any gym, so it's in no way only a CrossFit-type experience. But no, it, no, it's in every gym. So, you know, because they're so is. popular. This yeah. is, um, And I think, well, you're really into the functional training, and that's yeah. also something that I think appealed to people. You get to do a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like... You throw elephants around the room. See? I'm really glad that you like latched on to that. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I'm going to use it for the rest of my life. Because I would like to see an app that like shows me what animal or large things I have lifted on a daily, oh. weekly, or monthly basis. Let's find somebody to help us out with that. I Come think. on, take people, get in contact. We're going to do that app. That'd be awesome. Because, I mean, how fun is that? And yeah. then stickers involved. We were just talking about stickers. I'd like stickers with elephants. Anyway. Anyway. Back to the subject. Yes. Gym culture. Not gym culture. What did I say? Gym culture. Did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, gym culture. I do a workout space. Um, so for me, I like going to a place where the, what I'm wearing and how I look does not even come into the equation when I leave the door of my house to go to that workout space. Mm. And that doesn't happen all the time. Mm. What is it? And, and I say this as somebody who has successfully lost a lot of weight yeah. and then put some back on. Yeah. So like I've been in both sides of this where yeah. you're like, I'm extremely fit. Yeah. And I look extremely fit. And I'm not extremely fit. Or I'm quite fit, yeah. but I don't look like it. Yeah. And the different reactions that you get from people and the amount of gatekeeping that goes on yeah. depending on which side of that spectrum you're on. And I think this plays into what you're asking about, which is ideal workout spaces in gym culture and yeah. what I consider a type of gatekeeping. Mm. Where it's like, how comfortable do people want you to be in a space? Are you welcome there? Mm. And I think that most people are able to pick up on that themselves mm. Mm. so this isn't something where I'm going to say oh it's all in your head because people do treat you differently mm. depending on where you are and mm. how you're exhibiting what their ideals are mm. so for me um, is it okay to mention like where I go in Stockholm or do you is that like a 
As long as you're speaking positively about a place, you I can am. say what you like. I am speaking <laughs> So I really like coming to Joe's space because yeah. I put on my favorite, my most space, comfortable... Good to go training studios. Yeah. So highly recommend two thumbs up. Um, because I don't need to think about that. I can come here and be really gross and sweaty and work really hard. Can we just say, just be really sweaty? Really sweaty. Let's not label it. Of course. It's I wash my sweaty. own clothes, Joe. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, and this is another thing. I am a very sweaty person, mm-hmm. whether I'm extremely fit or not. And mm-hmm. that does not go into your Instagram profile. But it should. Oh my God, it should. Because anyway, there's so many sorry. people who are like, oh, I just finished a workout and it looks like they've just used a whole can of dry shampoo. <laughs> and like, I wish that what my What Instagram style... pages are you watching? <laughs> Do you know what? This is the other thing I wanted to mention when you were talking about... Um, sort of make well, we were discussing maintenance and diet culture and all mm. that there's a lot of pages that i've been following for upwards of five years mm. and those and I'm, women who i follow who are doing strength training but were also interested in weight loss every single one of them has put weight back on mm. and gone from i'm gonna get my workouts in and i'm running five miles a day and i'm doing all these things to much more reasonable mm. happy mm different goal oriented God, that's such a yeah it's a really good observation and a lot of them have also gone through like relationship breakups so mm. like you see the whole spectrum of life depending on which one people you've been following but mm. because my interest has been in strength training i've been connected to accounts that were mostly women lifting heavy things but also losing weight because that's kind of where my headspace was at the mm. time mm. and i can't think of a single person who's kept all of their weight off mm. and is continuing that lifestyle mm. The ones who I still follow are still doing strength training and they're happier people and they put on about 25 pounds. Mm. How many kilos is that? 2.2 pounds the kilos? Is f- so they've 10, gone from like kilos. 150 to maybe 180 or 190. That still doesn't help me. Oh, pounds. Okay, so you want this in kilograms. Uh, uh, uh. So, so maybe going from 60, 70 kilos yeah, to, 90. to 90 kilos. Yeah. Which, if you're lifting which, heavy yeah, and you have we, Yeah. Awesome. But which also means that your I doctor will I want to high-five all of those accounts. We're going to high-five each other, and then we're going to go and high-five <laughs> all of those people because we just spoke. That's awesome. But it also means that if you go and see your physician, you're clinically obese. Yeah. And you will be treated differently yeah. in the medical system and at your gym, yep. depending on which gym you go to. I go to a women's-only gym, which is something I never thought I would like. Mm. But because of the headspace I was in when I started working out again, I'm like, I don't want to have to worry about anybody's bullshit Mm. talking to me, asking me if they can use my rack mm. for squats, not anything else. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the thing. You went over gym people too much, and it all gets confused. <laughs> I love it. Can I use a nice rack? Yeah. Get... I'm busy, and you cannot do bicep curls. No here. bicep curls in my rack. <laughs> <laughs> love it. But like, Sorry. <clears throat> there's gym a big joke. difference in between... If I'm working out in a, I'll say a co-ed gym, yep. men feel comfortable interrupting you in the middle of a heavy yep. set while you're lifting wow. and wearing yep. headphones. Yep. And like, you don't get to interrupt me in a way that may cause me injury. Yep. Whereas I've never had that happen in a, in a gym where it's women only. Yep. Because they will wait till you're done and you re-rack your weights and then they'll approach you. Okay, so there's actual manners involved there. Yeah. And Why I'm, is that? I think you're there's just not it. the... You don't feel permission to just take up someone else's space. You're allowed to use the P word there. The patriarchy. <laughs> the patriarchy! See, I, know, I was like, privilege or 
patriarchy word. Okay, let's can we talk about that for a little bit? It's okay. Let's have a vent, shall we? <laughs> it's okay to vent. Uh, safe space <laughs> for everybody, <laughs> including people who feel it necessary to mansplain. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <clears throat> how to lift things in the gym. This is the thing. Cool. If you see someone doing something that is genuinely unsafe mm. and you have experience and education and, and not just like I watch some guy's video on YouTube to mm. back you up. Mm. And this this is something you and I have discussed many yes. times. If you want to come up to me in the gym and talk to me, you don't tell me what I'm doing wrong. You ask me a question first because otherwise you're interested in you and you don't give a crap about me. Yes. So let, let's, I'm going to mansplain that for everybody right now. Bro. First, first of all, what I'm going to do is, is it okay if I unpack that? Mm-hmm. Let's ask permission. This is how, when you see somebody doing something weird in the gym, this is for professionals and non-professionals out there. If you're curious about it, right, you say to them, can I just ask, what are you doing and why are you doing it? Yep. Right? Yeah. And and, and like you know assume that there's some thought that went into this. Yeah. And not that they're an idiot. And then both things may be true, but there's know, a polite way to find out. Yeah, and depending on their response, you then get to respond back. As a professional, if I feel what you're doing is dangerous or unsafe, I might say something like if your response is, Oh, I saw some dude on Instagram doing it, I might go Okay, so experience tells me that really what you're doing in this particular movement is quite unsafe. Maybe what you're wanting to do is this. Mm -hmm. Can we run through it? (laughs) Yeah. Because I want to take care of you. As opposed (sighs) to let me tell you how much better I am than you. We don't just go up and say things like, hey man, you're doing that wrong. You should be doing it like this. Exactly. Um, And also please don't go up and start spotting people when they haven't asked. Yeah, so that's I was just gonna do that. Can we? This is a fun thing. Can we just workshop some safe statements for people, safe right? Statements. Safe statements, because it's always it's always good to have some statements in your back pocket for when somebody does come up and approaches you uh, with an unwanted <laughs> advice. <laughs> do you have some? I I have some safe statements in the what we well, You start. Yeah, I'm all right. Like, I'll start. We'll it's see. been a while since I had to deal with this, so yeah. I'll run through okay, the roll We'll just see what we come up with. So for me, if somebody comes up and goes, actually, yeah, I've done this one recently with uh, <clears throat> somebody I know who tried to explain something to me that is actually what I do for a living. Um, <laughs> and he said, he, this person asked me a question, and I just straight up said, yeah, I don't want to know. Okay. <laughs> to which this person proceeded to answer his question, but because he didn't hear, he didn't actually hear. Because he wasn't. Yeah, listening. I don't want to know. He wasn't listening. Uh, yeah, yeah. But um, that's a good one for me. It's like, yeah, I don't want to know, and you just walk off. Hmm. I realize it's a little bit aggressive, but you know, you just interrupted me while I've got my earphones on. <laughs> Sorry, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's the other thing. If someone's wearing earphones, like respect the earphones. Yeah. Unless it's like genuinely you're concerned about their safety. Well, let's unpack that, they right? Re-rack. Try and get eye contact. Get eye contact. Wave. Let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. How do I get somebody's attention when they're Don't touch wearing them. earphones? Get eye contact. Wave. If they take their earphones out, they're willing to listen to what you have to say. If they just stare at you and go back to what they're doing, walk away, man. Yeah, it's 
Perfect it's a clear message. Okay. <laughs> walk away. <laughs> I mean, like, in the same thing, you don't know what kind of day they're having. If they really yeah. need that space, if they need to just not Tell you what, if I've got my earphones on, don't talk to me. Oh my god. Can we talk about the old dude on the tunnel? Anyway, now we're getting off track. Come on. We need safe statements. We're going to give give the listeners some things to put in their pockets okay, so that well, they can come up with people who want to mansplain to them in the gym. My favorite go-to is I will take that under advisement. <gasps> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, because it sounds like you know big words. Yeah. Or like, I hadn't thought about it that way, but this is what works for my body. I haven't thought about it that way. This is what works for my body. That's a good one. I'm going to write that down. Keep going. You're on a roll. Uh, well, those were my good ones. <laughs> um, I can't write that quickly I'm never going to be able to read that we'll, we'll listen to it back I'll listen back to it later uh-huh. and then we'll put them in the show notes for you and I mean like I've worked out in um, like some really hardcore bodybuilding gyms I've worked out mm. in student gyms and right now my happy place is this women's only fitness mm. isn't that interesting but it's a great but, place because there's a lot of people doing lots of different fun things yeah. and you have everything from like Seniors who are 80 plus who are killing it at their lunchtime circuits. Yeah. Two women doing battle ropes when yeah. they're nine months pregnant. I, yeah. And everybody in between. Yeah. So, like, there's no one body type that's overrepresented, and there's all kinds of different people. And nobody's and got just, their judgy pants on. Nobody's got... Well, if they do, so what? I wouldn't notice that yeah. they can wear what they want. Yeah, true that. True that. Um... I have one last statement, then we'll move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I get to make this statement because I do have the education, mm-hmm. uh, which is, and can I just ask, what is it that you do for a living? I'm a, a scientific researcher. Not you, them. The people, mansplaining. Oh, yes, well, because I thought we'd already covered that. Yeah, we did. Confuse no, no. me with that question. No, no, mansplaining. This is my, my, my backup statement is, and what do you do for a living? Mm. Just asking, because I'm a personal trainer. <laughs> and then they go, oh, so yeah. yeah. Okay, well, the rest of us who, who don't have that. Yeah. Well, you, you still get to ask, right? Yeah, yeah. You still get to ask that but question. And what do you do? For, like, where, where do you get, you know, what is your basis for this information? Mm-hmm. What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm an accountant. Right. So if you don't mind, and I say this to all of my clients, because <laughs> everybody comes in here going, somebody can... Most people, not everybody. Somebody came up to me at the gym the other day and told me I was doing this. And I said, yeah, just give them my number. Hmm. You know, feel free. <laughs> feel free. If somebody comes up to you at the gym, listener, <laughs> and tries to explain to you to do something in a way that doesn't feel safe or okay or that you're not consenting to, give them my number. Go here. Go talk to Joe. She's my personal trainer. Hmm. It makes them quiet very quickly. Yes. Yeah, I have used that in the past. Mm. Like, this is the way my trainer has taught me to do this, mm. and this is what works for my body. Mm. So, yeah, see, that's a good one. Even if you don't have a trainer, just say it because sometimes just saying things to get rid of people. This is, is the important. thing because then your your mistake is the property of somebody else. Mm. In the same way that we were discussing earlier, that mm. wearing a ring makes you somebody else's problem. Mm. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, it totally is. But yeah. it's the same kind of <laughs> like you as an entity are then somebody else's problem yeah. to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're yeah, taken yeah. care of. So I don't need to fix alone. you anymore. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't come into this conversation either. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's, I'm looking at the paper here. Yeah. I do a workout space. So for me, it's somewhere where I feel like I either fit in or blend in. Mm. To the clientele. Mm. And depending on my level of fitness, that feeling of comfort is different. Mm. 
because I feel like I fit in or blend in differently. Mm. And that blending in will invite or not more comment. Mm. And that's something that I've like significantly considered when I've been deciding where to go and work out these days. Mm. And I'm happy with my choices coming to work with Joe and mm. going to this gym that doesn't have any dudes in it. Yeah. <sighs> It's exhausting. It really is. I really, I wish we didn't have to have this, 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 these statements. And the thing is, like, I don't think it's fair to say that everybody who goes to a gym who is a man is unpleasant or makes life difficult. Because they're not, you know? No. Hashtag loyal men. But But there's a but there. You know, there's always a but there. But it's about my experience. Yeah. And I have the agency to choose what I want to do and where I want to be. Absolutely. And this is why these spaces are created because people have mm. experience and they have their lived experience and they go, you know what? I don't want to go to that room. I want to go somewhere where exactly. I feel safe, where I feel like I can blend in or I can fit in. Yeah. And so it's everything from, you know, what people are wearing and, and if you feel observed to do people drop heavy weights. Mm. And for me, when someone drops something heavy and it's loud, it may startle me and mm. I may hurt myself. Mm. And that's a legitimate concern for me. So I prefer to go somewhere where that's not happening. So mm. student gym's not the best place mm. because it's all about how heavy can I lift this thing and then I'm going to make a point by dropping it. <sighs> if you're at a powerlifting competition, completely different, different thing story. than if you're like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, today's chest day. Yeah. <laughs> that would be Monday. <laughs> that, that, that falls under dude sweat for me it's like you know dudes going to the gym yeah, <laughs> yeah and so and you know that's a consideration I'm a heavy lifter I'm all about the <laughs> I lo- and I love to get my dude sweat on to be honest with and you and this is the thing I have I have had a child yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I did not make that much noise did you? <laughs> no <laughs> so I'm like if, if I can keep it down yeah there's no reason for you to be, like, full-on yelling. Yeah. And I think there's not enough consideration given by people managing these spaces mm. to making sure that everybody is comfortable because so many of their clientele do fit this traditional gym-goer. Yeah. And, like, the loudness and the dropping and the yeah. messiness so It's, it's unnecessary thing. and it's bravado. I've, I've had to have that conversation, years, God, years ago when I was working in corporate gyms and this dude decided to start working out and yeah he was you know Tuesday's chest day or whatever and (laughs) he was in there and lifting and and making noise and dropping weights and we were a quiet little corporate gym people come in Monday oh sorry uh, morning lunch and evening to get away from their office basically Mm. Um, I had to go up to him and say listen I gotta be honest with you if you're making that much noise the weights are too heavy and he never came back (laughs) Which, Aww, you know, I, which laughed about, and I laughed about it then and I laugh about it now. But it's it's like, you know, dude, you're in the wrong spot. Like, this this isn't the place to be behaving like this. And in actual fact, from a professional perspective, you are lifting way too heavy if you are having to put in that much effort mm. to lift your weights. You need to go back a few weights. Like, that's my professional opinion. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, yeah. And I wish there was more people willing to take that conversation on and be like, in this space, we welcome everybody. And that yeah. means the following things. Yeah. That, like, you can be as strong and bald and tattooed and muscly as you want, mm. but you still need to make space for Hilda, who's 78 and wants to come in 
and use the Stairmaster and do some squats twice a week. Yeah. She should feel comfortable here too. And Hilda should be able to feel welcome to get into the squat rack and do some back squats. Exactly. A full set without being pestered. Precisely. You know, and people going, oh, at her. Yeah. You know. And it also means for me not getting people who will come up with their like, I'm going to be encouraging. Hmm. What I like in a gym space is people not approaching you mm. unless you, like, are giving signs that you're open for mm. it, which is making eye contact far before you actually talk to someone. Or yeah. or saying hi. Yeah. Because <laughs> like hey, some, man. some days I'm really happy to talk to somebody. Other yeah. days I'm like, I'm just here to get this done because I need to work on my mm. personal inner space and this is what I want to do. Yeah. But why can't... And, you know, as I get older... I'm, I make these things okay to say. Uh, it's one of, for me, it's one of the joys of being older is that I am totally okay with going to people. You know what? I don't want to talk to anybody today. I'm happy to see you, mm-hmm. but I'm going over here. It's not you, it's me. Yeah, yeah. And you that's Why can't we just say things like that? Why, why do we live in a world where we've been told that that's not okay? Mm. You know, that, that we have to, you know, like, anyway. Again, that's another big question. <laughs> You but you know we can we can we can change the world by by sitting here and and going you know what I am gonna start saying that hmm. if I don't want to talk to somebody today I'm gonna make a t-shirt not today <laughs> gonna... not today Satan yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk to you today um, you know I think but I think that's what helps us make create safer spaces for people when we actually just communicate honestly yeah. and we you know. We actually, we make it, excuse me, there's, it's the relationship there. We make it, we make it okay for the person to say how they're feeling. And we also realize that mm. your those feelings have nothing to do with you. Yeah, exactly. And then we respect that and we go, okay, man, see you next time. Yeah. You know, it's okay. Go pester somebody else. Or go find someone to have a meaningful conversation <laughs> with who's really happy to see you. Yeah. And I'm sure there's somebody in here that is. Yeah. But today is just not me. It's not me. It's not yeah. me. You know, I like you, but not today. Yeah. <laughs> that seems reasonable to me. Yeah. Okay, so I want to answer Let's the other it. two things okay. about this oh. ideal workout space. Right. I like places where people put their stuff away. Oh. I like to see a clean rack area. So then you hate my space. No, because you have one rack and it's contained. <laughs> And, it's, and this is the other thing. It is contained. I'll give it that. <laughs> and the other thing is, it's your space. It is my space. And you get to decide how your space looks. It's a shared if, space. You know. Mostly. Hmm. Hmm. But if I'm going to, like, what I would consider a commercial gym, yep. I want it to be clean. Yeah, yeah. I want it to not smell like foot sweat. Hmm. And I want the weights to be put back because that tells me either they have a really good team hmm. that are working there or their clientele is conscientious and cares mm. about the next person who's going to come and use mm. the rack or whatever piece of equipment. So, like, if, if you're getting a place that's got a leg press that's got, like, 150 kilos left on it, put your weight not a good Put thing. your weights back, people. Put your weights back. Just put them back. If you can lift them on, you can lift them off again. And I don't think put that's unreasonable. Back. But it is kind of a red flag if you go somewhere and yeah. it just looks like a teenager's bedroom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Or oh, smells real, real bad. Or oh, smells like a teenager's bedroom. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and neither of the places I go to have that problem. So well, that's good. We're in a good place now. Cool. So, what does being healthy mean for you? Oh, <laughs> well, not being sick all the time, <laughs> for starters. Yep. Um, but having a three-year-old who sneezes into my eyeballs on a regular basis—that's yeah. not always. 
Oh, my brain just exploded. Well, you have sneezes three. into your eyeballs, man. That's a whole other... <laughs> I know, and it's happened, but... Oh. I know. So, other than that... <laughs> now I've got to wipe my eyes. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but, you know, on the bigger picture, because... And you've, you've talked... We've already talked about it. You know, we talk about... We've feeling talked about good. It. Yeah, calorie counting was yeah. unhealthy. I think long-term... I think... And this is the thing. A lot of these diets and stuff were developed for short two years for medical reasons. Mm. And mm. you can't mm. take that and apply it to a lifestyle successfully mm. because it's about, is it reasonable to do this in a protracted long-term way? Mm. Are you going to be happy doing that in a protracted long-term way? Mm. Are you going to be any fun to be around if you're doing that in a protracted long-term way? <laughs> like, pretty much my entire PhD time, I was eating chicken out of a plastic bag. Oh, I know, but, like, I was so busy, that was the easiest thing to do. Like, I wasn't even, like, I wasn't even the lunchbox person. I just had my, like... Chicken in a bag. Yeah. Wow. Or oatmeal. And that's no way to live, man. It was... It worked at the time, but long term... Yeah. Not a good place. Yeah. So then how do you maintain that long term? I think a lot of it is learning how to use what's available. Mm. And think outside the box. Mm. So it's not just eating, like, brown rice and broccoli and, since I don't eat fish or any kind of seafood, chicken, or eating a lot of, like, dairy protein. But, like, mm-hmm. how do you mix that around so that you can actually eat at somebody else's house without having to be like, I require the following things and no sauce. Because life without sauce is not worth living. <laughs> and especially in Sweden. But it... <laughs> where everything I know, right? Should everything come comes with sauce. With sauce. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everything comes with... I've never had so much sauce in my and, life. And the thing is, you could have some more and you'd be okay. <laughs> like, I'd never had potatoes cooked with real cream until I moved here. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's how they're supposed to taste. Yeah. And I guess it's like if you found your perfect gym. You're like, oh, I am the potato in the cream. Yeah. I have achieved transcendence level. Yeah. yeah. Mm, nice. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, it's like Love it's it. balancing those things and actually... Mm. Being able to do the things that you enjoy, but not at the expense of the rest of your life. Mm. Interesting. And what do you do, personally, to maintain your balancing act? I'm working on that, because mm. I'm a bit of an overachieving workaholic, mm. which Joe may or may not have some knowledge of. <laughs> you know, and a lot of our listeners may or may not also be overachieving workaholics. <laughs> so I've, I've been thinking about that a lot lately Mm. and that I've set many goals in my life that are not achievable within reasonable expenditure of effort Mm. or the success of that is not actually in my hands Mm. and that's something that's not easy to let go of Mm. because of course I I think most people when they go to work they want to do a good job Mm. and be successful at whatever it is they happen to be doing and that doesn't necessarily mean that you're you know, have a PhD or highly educated or whatever, but like nobody really goes to work wanting to do a bad job. No. So how do we make sure that whatever we're doing, we feel good about it? Mm. And I think within some systems, it's very difficult to find that balance because the system is set up to extract as much as possible. Yep. In the most efficient way. Yep. And you're just like a resource. So what I'm hearing is change your priorities. Yeah. So I stopped prioritizing going to the gym in favor of actually getting stuff done at work. And that mm. was a mistake. It's had long-term consequences. Yep. 
But again, it's that question of where do I have the energy to put my effort right now? And what do I think I'm actually going to get as a return from this? Mm. And hindsight, I would have been better off taking three hours a week and going to the gym. Mm. And moving forward, you're going to do that. Yes. Mm? Yeah. And that's um, to start feeling better and start feeling like I can use my body the way that I want to. Mm has required committing to spending more time in the gym doing things that make me happy. Mm, doing things that make me happy. I've heard that more than once during this conversation mm. too. See, I'm working on it. Yeah. Working through it. Yeah. yeah we're all a work in, prog- work in progress. And, well, like, we you were know. talking the other day when I was in here and we were working. Like, the things that I used to do in the gym when I was, I would say, really fit. Mm. I miss doing those things because my body could do even more amazing things. Mm. And I want to be able to do that again. Mm. But not at the expense of eating chicken out of a bag. Yep. Yep. Because, <laughs> like, I know I can do that, mm. but it's not very much it's fun. It's boring. Yes. And it's a completely different game when you have kids. Yeah. Because, like, I've been trying to get into the gym three times a week, but, like, I've been sick six weeks in the last eight. Yeah. So, not so much. Because if you don't have kids, one thing that nobody ever tells you is that they are a little petri dish of germs. A walking petri dish. And you spend the first six years of your life with children being sick. And I think this, this is one of those things that people are like, oh, your life is going to change so much and you're going to have to reevaluate who you are as a person. And I'm like, no, having kids just made me more cemented in my original ideas about what I thought. So, yes, but no, in the sense that the, the reevaluation that I had to do of myself was factoring in my optimal efficiency and effectiveness will be greatly reduced and making peace with that. So what I could normally do in five days could take me four weeks. Yep. And I have to just sit in it. Yep. Yeah. And that's hard. And be okay with it. And it's not evaluating myself as like, oh, I've become a mum. Yeah. Because it's never been that. I'm like, I'm still the same person with the same opinions and judgy pants and leg warmers and love of weightlifting and appreciation of terrible action films. Yeah. Those things haven't changed, but it can take me four weeks to get stuff done that I could have done in five days. Yeah. And that's really hard. That's the, that's, that's the thing you're having. Yeah. I get you. I totally get you. Because you're like, I should be able to do this in five days. This is a reasonable amount of time. Oh, oh, fever, 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 sore throat, strep throat, flu. Now I have a day. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been really hard. So... I would I would term that learning to play the long game. Yes, well, that fits well into your scheme, so we'll mm. go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, mm. like, I've very much been about how do I do this efficiently? What are my steps? What are my plan? Mm. Which is an easy way to follow any of these Instagram programs. You just tick mm. these boxes and everything will work out. But if you're like, well, I can tick that box in two days if my temperature is below 37. Yeah. Yeah. It's a completely different game. Yeah. Learning to play the long game. Mm. And that's how we balancing, balance, the, what is it, what is it? Achieve the balancing act of life. Play the long game. Mm. That's hard. And so that's taking what, like, oh, this is a six-week transformation, being like, okay, I can maybe do that in six months if things go really well. Yeah. If that's still my goal. Yeah. But do I want to be on that diet for six months? No, I do not. Mm. So what do I do instead to make me feel good? No. 
And it may involve reevaluating what you see as success. Mm. Mm. I love the way you put a may there. <laughs> it may involve reevaluating well, what like, success I, means. I'm talking from my perspective, yeah, yeah, and yeah. your listeners may have a completely different one and think that I'm like way out in left field. But you know, you do you, man. <laughs> I'm just poking it because it's like there's no may there. It's for me, it's yeah, you gotta reevaluate what success means. Mm. You know, and and I try really hard to pull people back when they come in here going, um, you know, I've I've gotta lose weight and I've gotta do so I <laughs> I've I've had this this was such a weird experience. This brings up this experience. I had these two women come in here a couple of years ago. Um, and I feel like I was being set up, actually. It was quite strange because they came in with the same, almost the same story, uh, which was, I need to lose weight. One of them was pregnant. The other one had just had a baby. They were both getting married and they wanted to lose a bunch of weight. I'm talking 12, 13 kilos within a short period of time. Okay, like, I've, I've lost 70 kilos. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, so like 12 when kilos. I say a bunch of weight, they they would have been maybe 70 kilos when they walked in here. So oh, that's, that's a lot hard. of weight for somebody that is at that weight. Yeah. You know, that's weight. So when I say a bunch of weight, I mean a bunch of weight for somebody who doesn't have a bunch of weight to on lose. A, on a short term? For somebody who's pregnant, like pregnant and just had a child. Anyway. prep diet, that's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good God. Anyway, so and they, they came in here and uh, different times, the individuals, and, you know, I want to do this, I want to, and I, for both of them, I straight up said exactly the same thing, which is, I can help you do this, and I will take your money, but I will spend the entire time telling you I think you're mad. And one of them just went, well, uh, why? I said, because your priority right now is, and, you know, and she was, she was breastfeeding, your priority right now is to provide nutrition for your baby whilst you're breastfeeding. And the diet that is required for this is in contradiction to that. Mm. <laughs> for, for me, as a professional, mm. you know, if you want to pay me to put you mm. through an eight-week program to lose that much weight, I'll do it. Oh, I'd be miserable. But you I just think want to your own arm at that point. Oh, oh God. I, no. You know, and needless to say, neither of them came back. <laughs> But I think that was the best case scenario. I, you know, I actually, I wouldn't, morally, I just would not have taken, taken them on as clients. I know I said I would, but I just would have gone, you know, I'm not doing it because, because they were wanting to do something that for me is contradictory to what their focus should be. To me, that's sad that somebody would be like, at that point in your life, that's your major focus. Just pick it. I don't get it. I don't get it. But this, but this is why. And, you know, for me, this is why this place exists and other places exist. Hmm. You know, go go find a trainer who's willing to do that for you. Because there's lots of them. Yeah. There's no shortage. Yeah. You know, but I'm not. Because you're not going to be happy. In 10 years' time, you're going to have a breakdown and you're going to be coming back through my door going, sorry, not you, This I'm talking about the ladies. You're going to come back through my door and go, Joe, I don't know what to do. And I'll be like, okay, mm. let's start playing the long game. Yeah. Which I think is an <laughs> interesting know? progression because going back to what I had said about these people that I'm following on Instagram and these accounts that I've followed for a number of years, a lot of them have gone through that yeah. rise and grind, two workouts a day, I can do everything, yeah. skin removal surgery, yeah. burnout, change of lifestyle, what do I need to do to actually get through my day? 
body positivity, meditation, doing what makes me happy, relaxation, stretching, feeling good, regular working out. Yeah. yeah. Can we can we just go through the list of things that you've just run off there? Because I think it's fascinating. Two workouts a day. Yeah. Rise and rise grind. and grind. Skin removal surgery. Removal Cause, surgery. Because as somebody who's lost a lot of weight, yeah, I was also looking at people who were yep. losing a lot of weight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So absolutely. you look for for what you identify with. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and this 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 one thing this one thing and been my experience that is the, the one of the biggest things that people don't get when they take on a, a like a twelve week weight loss challenge or an eight week weight loss challenge two workouts a day every day right two workouts a day every day that shit is impossible to keep up and. If you do it, you'll lose the weight. I promise you. Yeah. But who's got time for that? Well, not if you're if you have any kind of meaningful life. Not if you've got a full time job and three children or or one child mm-hmm. or a partner who wants to spend time with you with the person they fell in love mm-hmm. with, not this monster who hasn't had sugar for six weeks. <laughs> and this is the, you know. It, Okay, taking taking on to the sugar, the sugar bit. Yep. I can understand there's people who are like, I wish to eliminate excess calories in an easy way, and taking sugar is an easy yep. way to do that. And like, if that works for you, and it's not hard, yep. great. But don't tell me about it yep. and try to sell me on it. Yeah. Like, I'm happy for you. I will support you in any way that I can. Not interested. Mm. Been there, done the dance. I'm going to put in my coffee what I like to put in yeah. my coffee. I'm a cranky person without sugar. Don't you dare take my sugar away from me. Oh my God. But like, like, and it's the same. I think any kind of like diet modification will mm. work for some people and mm. make them feel better. Yep. But it, there's no fix all for everyone. Yep. And like do what you can do long term that feels good. Yeah. And isn't major life overhaul. High five. Good tips. Baby steps. Yeah, man. Behind slow people. <laughs> <laughs> so it boils down to you do you man hmm. do the experiments work and out what it, what it takes to make yeah. you happy yeah. so for me that's very much strength training mm. lifting heavy things hopefully totaling up an entire elephant during mm. the week for workout um, oh, we've got to nobody none of you are allowed to do that that's ours alright <laughs> we're, we're copywriting it or whatever it is that you do well it's the same thing as these banners where you have like now nah, my baby is the size of a mango or whatever oh it is yeah. which I'm not a fan of but like if that's your thing I'm very happy for you enjoy your mango <laughs> but like I would like to see something where it's like today I moved an entire truck yes oh yeah, yeah. an airplane yeah. God, let's, let's do it let's do it Something for us yeah. to do. Anyway, we're gonna, we can't just sit there in that space. Moving right along. So that's how you manage the balancing act. Well done. High five. It's a long-term goal. Mm. I think, okay, back yep. to this two workouts a day thing. Yep. As a sweaty person, mm. if you're going to the gym and you're working hard for, let's say, 45 minutes to an hour, which I think is a reasonable amount of time if you're not doing seven minutes between your sets, yep. you then have to get there and have a shower afterwards to make yourself able to be around other humans. Doing that twice a day, that's like three to five hours yep. of time lost, depending on your travel yep. uh, and all of that. And it's just, it's unreasonable. I know. It's an unreasonable expectation. But we put that on ourselves because we want to be successful and we want to achieve that goal. Can we stop? Can we stop? Not showering, but the rest of it. <laughs> 
Yes. And you still got to shower. But can we stop putting unreasonable expectations on but ourselves? I really think it is. Like, you're just... You want to be that person who's successful. And you look at who's successful and what are they telling you to do. Yeah. But why does... Why does... And this is a big question. There's no answer to it. But, you know, why does looking like such and such on Instagram equal success? Well, I think the metrics are telling you that. And that's why you really have to be critical of the media that you consume. Mm. Um, mm. And to that end, I recommend if you're interested in, like, being critical of the media you consume. Feminist Frequency is a really good podcast Ooh. that I recommend. Um, but there's lots of other um, things to think about. And if you scratch the surface, and a lot of the people I initially followed were very active in, like, body fitness, bodybuilding, physique competition. Mm. And I wasn't striving for that, like, competition-ready aesthetic, but I like the look of a lot of muscle, mm. and that's what I was really hoping to achieve. Mm. And I think underneath, I have some of it. Mm. Hey, it's also there. But actually, like, scaling back so that you can see all of it is a completely different kettle of fish, and I'm not willing to live that lifestyle. Well, it's, it's boiled chicken, is what it is. <laughs> no, no. It's a completely different boiled chicken. And as we as we agree, chicken should be crispy on the outside. Oh hell yes! <laughs> praise praise be the chicken. So I think there's also been a lot more movement towards body, if not body positivity, then body neutrality, mm? which I think is something I enjoy even more. Mm. Where it's like I don't have to love the body that I'm in, but I need to appreciate it and care for it, mm. and be okay with it mm. because it's good whatever it is. And then decide how I want to use it. Mm. And I want to be able to, like, get on the rowing machine and go for, like, three kilometers and not want to Ralph afterwards. <laughs> I'm not there yet. One day we'll have a rower in here. One day. <laughs> <laughs> and not today. No. <laughs> but it's, it's what you want to do mm. and why you want to do it. And mm. I think it's easier to have a goal that's internal than a goal that's external. Mm. About how you want to feel as opposed to how you want to look. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Mm. Good point. Hmm. We're going to wrap it up there. Okay. Sounds good? Yeah. We've been talking for a really long time. Anything else you want to say? No, but thanks for having me on. It's thanks for coming fun. in. This has been a fun chat. Hmm. You, know I like, you know I like my chats. <laughs> uh, we're going to... One day we'll come back and talk about climate change. Uh, or caving. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation too. Mm. Um, but thank you very much for coming on to thank the Good Girl Pod. Uh, if people do want to send you nasty complaining emails, can or, they do or that? Or, or maybe should they just send them to me and I'll forward them not on? Not necessarily complaints, but like maybe if you think I've missed something or have come at something from the wrong angle, I'm really happy to like take that on. Or here's just an idea if you want to send something positive and say thank you for this awesome conversation. That's also very welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Because... Eh, there's a nice way to interrupt people at the gym, and compliments yeah. is always the fun. Make eye contact. Wave. That's right. <laughs> Ask permission. Hmm. Um, Don't be creepy. <laughs> Thank you, Megan. Love your work, mate. Thanks a lot. And a huge thank you again for Megan Chaya for coming in and having that fantastic chat with me again if you've got any questions quandaries or queries please don't hesitate to get in contact with me pod at goodtogo.se you can also help us out by giving us a rate and a review apparently that is a good thing 
So whatever podcatcher you're listening to, go in, give us a, a rating. Five stars, of course. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, or give us a share or something on your social media just to help these conversations getting out to other people. Also, if you have something that we would like uh, us to talk about or if you'd like to come on, have a conversation with me about what it is that you do and how you manage the balancing act of your life, uh, please get in contact with me, pod at good2go.se. Thanks, guys. Bye for now. Oh, thank you.